0: Welcome to SRAT.com Podcasts. I'm your host, Kibra Akoc, a journalist at TRT World. Today, we are going to talk about cybersecurity. And joining me now is Eddie Williams, who is a cybersecurity expert. Eddie, great to have you here. Hello. So let's start with basics. What are the basics of cybersecurity? For someone who has no idea about what this term means, what does cybersecurity mean, how would you describe it?
1: Well, I think it's uh, the cybersecurity is everything about, you know, security online and uh, meaning that, uh, you know, there is a lot of them involved uh, like that. It's it's much more than we think sometimes. So it's uh, the security about, you know, uh, your machine, your devices you work with, uh, meaning that it's your PC or that it can be your mobile phone. But it also involves yourself because sometimes yourself is also very involved in it because you may click on the wrong link or something like that or you could make the wrong decision so cyber security is something like a, a combination of all these kind of uh, cyber problems uh, well online and also on your computers
0: yeah great and i I watched your TEDx talk about these basics of cybersecurity. You're mentioning a tale of two floppies, right? Yes. Can you please give us a short insight about that story? <laughs> I because I really enjoyed it. So maybe our audience would also uh, see it, but just a little. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah yeah it's, it's 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 two nice stories actually and i combined those two stories actually to show what really is going on and what is really going wrong in 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 society sometimes uh, one of them is of course is going back really a long time it's going back to 1989 when i received a floppy disk and i st- these days, I still read, well, I still need to explain what a floppy is, but it's like, you know, it's like a USB stick, but it's on a, on a, <laughs> on a small disk, which is very flexible. Anyway, um, I received that floppy and my manager was asking me at that moment, Eddie, can you have a look at this? And, uh, and I was actually uh, wondering what it would do. Uh, actually, I was working for a, an insurance company. And um, actually, you know, when I put it in my computer, it was asking me a lot of questions about the AIDS disease. Now, at some point, um, yeah, I thought, okay, it's not interesting. I, was, I wanted to throw away the diskette at some point. Now, um, a couple of days later on, uh, when I used that program, uh, my PC, my computer blocked completely and was me locking out of the whole system. So I couldn't do anything anymore. And the only thing I could really do was, you know, typing enter. And then it was asking me for something like $189 to send in an envelope to a peer box in Panama. I thought, what is happening over there? You know, and think about it because nobody knowed, well did know that bugs, uh, well existed and nobody knows that viruses existed at that moment as well. So I thought there is a bug in that program or something like that. But um, it turned out that uh, it was actually the first ransomware at that moment. Um, And um, I got a solution for it uh, as well. And uh, by doing that, actually, I uh, I, I came into I, I came really into the antivirus industry, the security industry. So it was part of my whole life at that moment it's a very strange kind of thing, a small thing happening. Uh, but I think um, the uh, listeners over here can just watch the tactics talk. And, and and that explains much more than I can say today, you know, uh, but it's actually uh, it was one of the it, it's the first ransomware and meaning that it's of course was Yeah, well, you know, it was ransoming my machine and it was asking money to unlock it and and I was one of the first ones in the whole world to oh got that God. thing in front of me. I thought,
0: "Wow, what is it's this?" It's terrifying. You know?
1: Yeah, and now yeah. It, it's everybody has it, and now every company has it. Actually, the whole world—it's—it's—an uh, it, it, it became an industry, and—and and this is something people seems not to know and seems not to realize. It's. It became really such a big heavy industry it's even bigger than the gaming industry these cyber criminals are at this moment and and, and that's a very very problematic thing yeah. but yeah
0: <laughs> it is it is really interesting so thanks for sharing this uh so about this cybersecurity issue with pandemic so everyone started to using your zoom right even we are recording this on zoom itself so one of the main, like it made all the headlines around the world, the Zoom lawsuit. And everyone was wondering what, will, what, what was the case, Google and Zoom, they were arguing about some stuff. Can you give us a little bit more insight? What was that case um, about actually? So was it related to cybersecurity or it was something else? Because ma- mainly it was seen as a cybersecurity issue.
1: Yes, of course. Well, in the beginning, of course, Zoom wasn't completely ready um, for, you know, having this pandemic, every, everybody, uh, well, a lot of people worked from home at some point. And then, of course, uh, it happened that, um, yeah, Zoom was like flooded with uh, people using the system and actually it was not ready for it in the beginning so they w- didn't even got a password to to log in uh, which is now required of course and actually automatically given at at the beginning but that wasn't the case in the beginning and and there were a lot of flaws inside the zoom uh, program as well and that caused a lot of problems in the beginning um but and and that's also poss- possibly one of the reasons of course why also google uh, took some action against it and ask can you solve these kind of things because otherwise we will have much more security problems than we possibly will see in the future and um, of course a lot of things were resolved a lot of things were resolved in zoom a lot of things were also uh, solved in a lot of other zoom-like programs like teams Uh, so uh, a lot of these kind of technologies have been used and also been misused in the beginning uh, to try to spread some malware as well on on the systems but the good part of that is that uh, most of the problems uh, are resolved now.
0: Okay, thanks for clarifying for us. So I have a actually this is a personal question. So it's about facial recognition technology. So my iPhone or other telephones like Galaxy is everyone now using facial recognition technology to unlock your phone, right? And like a couple of years ago, there was a, there were, I think an app got popular called face app. So we were just uploading our faces to into the app and it was just changing us to do like our older versions or just younger version or some celebrity or some stuff. And at that, time, at, at that time, I remember there was like a lot of speculation about like, oh my God, they are stealing our faces. like They are stealing our identity and just putting, in, putting them in some pool so they will be using for some criminal activity, blah, blah, blah. Like some of them turned out to be like wrong, of course, but some people were still like worried about somebody might be stealing their faces. So should we, should we be scared of this facial recognition? facial recognition technology how do you see is it like how do you see is it developing how do you see is it going
1: well it's an evolution of course and um of, well on on one side it's a good thing because we can do a lot of interesting things with it it makes our lives much more easier because if we want to use our mobile phones for instance we can just w- watch it and <laughs> Look at it and it's opening automatically without giving your PIN code or whatever. The same for, of course, your PC. It's actually, actually the same thing. It's the same technology. So these are definitely good things. And we, it, it's not always a negative um, perspective that we have to look at it, uh, in my opinion. But on the other side, um, a face recognition can be misused as well. Um, because where don't you see cameras these days any, uh, anymore? you see cameras everywhere. Now, it doesn't mean that cameras have the technologies uh, built inside or that there is software behind it that it uh, can recognize uh, faces. So that's another thing. I I think it's all depending on uh, the laws, depending in the countries itself, where you were going to. Um, and, and, And that's a very big, important thing to look at. Uh, We all know if we go to China, for instance, um, they do have different laws about face recognition. So it is much more easier that you are recognized over there by a face recognition camera than you think if you compare it by going into Turkey to, uh, you know, on the streets or in, in, in Europe or in the States, for instance. So it all depends a little bit from where you are i think so it depends from the country's laws it also depends from uh well in europe for instance we have something like the GDPR, which is the general data protection regulation and that law is actually regulating more or less uh what can be shared what can be um, saved on on servers etc and something like that and and the good thing is that um it is a little bit regulated like that over here but that's not everywhere so Yes, there, have, uh, there are very good uh, things in it. On the other side, we have to be very careful um, because, well, every kind of app can use this sometimes and maybe just look at where the app com- comes from and if you should activate it or not or something like that. It's always the best. And if you have, yeah, and, and the same goes for the country itself as well. You know, uh, that's that's... So yeah, a a lot of positives and a lot of negatives I think as well.
0: (laughs) Got it. So regarding this information and data protection case, I think this is different for maybe celebrities and government officials but like just one individual or just ordinary people, how vulnerable are we to hacking or just how vulnerable are we to like someone stealing our information, our location services on like, uh, which is like um, saved on our mobile phones or just saved on our laptops. How vulnerable are we?
1: Well, uh, of course, we are all vulnerable um, because we are using mobile phones and we are using PCs, but mobile phones itself are like, you know, uh, pocket PCs in, 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 in your pockets <laughs> um, and um, they they can do actually much more than a normal PC can do sometimes. So, um, so, and that's, some people don't, well, ignore this kind of thing. Um, it's, 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 well, you know, the thing is we have seen cases this year, like Pegasus, Pegasus software, which is kind of software, which is spying on mobile phones, also spying on, on, on PCs and Macs, of course. But uh, particularly, it, it, it was a very interesting case because a lot of uh, leaders, uh, political leaders, uh, a lot of um, uh, people uh, from uh, the press, uh, a lot of um, um, NGOs, a lot of uh, organizational people, let's say a lot of people were spied on uh, just because of, well, you know, these things can be sold as well. and. This is what we saw, of course, uh, during the Pegasus case, Pegasus was created, well, actually was created by the NSO group, which is actually uh, a a company, um, which is, of course, uh, creating these kind of stuff, and creating this kind of software, and it's actually selling this to whoever who wants it. And, of course, that is a big range of You know, ranging from, um, uh, of course, it's 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 uh, intelligence services. uh, That could be governmental uh, services from all over, yeah, the world. And and that's something you can't really stop in the beginning. Now, on the good side is that, um, well, America, uh, the state is actually taking. A little bit action against these kind of things because they are uh, trying to ban more or less the NSA group and try to stop these kind of things. And I think this is on. Uh, I, I think this is a good thing because if this goes on, and if nobody is taking action against something like that, or taking action against uh, similar companies, because there are other companies like the NSO group as well, which are also developing this kind of uh, software then nothing is happening. And now at least something is happening and at least something can be, uh, you know, we possibly think that it could be, uh, well, improve at least in, in, in the future. However, on the other side, malware will be always there and malware is controlled by cyber criminals. And that cyber criminals is of course, you know, they are not related to these kind of strange, weird companies and they want to make money. And those kind of cyber criminals will always try to run, you know, spy on us or try to get um, our money or try to get our banking uh, credit card details or whatever. And that is something which will still continue also in 2020, 2020 and, and uh, 2022 and 2023 and, and, and in the future. Uh, this is not going to stop very soon, in my opinion.
0: I see. Lastly, I want to ask you about the book you wrote, Cyber Danger, right? Uh, yes. I didn't read it yet, but maybe I'd like to read it. And maybe from our audience, some people would like to read it. How would you describe, like, what are the main points of your book? I think you are giving some useful tips about, uh, about data and information protection. If you can mention a little bit, then uh, hopefully we yeah. can conclude the podcast.
1: Yeah, well, I I think it's a nice, interesting book just for everybody who is interested in the subject. Um, it is not actually, you know, I didn't create it. I didn't wrote it for uh, experts. However, experts are also reading it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, I really created it for everybody. Everybody interested in the subject of cybersecurity. So what is going wrong? What can you do about it? Uh, there are a lot of tips inside it. Uh, there are a lot of Um, how should I say anecdotes in it as well. So meaning, well, the story of my diskette is in it. There is another story is how I infected the whole airport in it as well. (laughs) There are a lot of other real stories inside it, uh, which happened in my life. And they also uh, stimulate or they actually, um, how should I, highlight more or less the problems related inside cybersecurity. Interesting as well, for people you know who want to read something completely different at the end there is a small science fiction uh short story in it oh, great! <laughs> uh, with actually real people so um so real people who exist uh in real life and actually giving you a, a view in the future what can happen and i, I think that made it also a little bit uh, a little bit very special as well and there is also a couple of comments from a lot of experts also inside it so i'm um, okay i wrote it but there are i think about 20 expert advices uh, about uh, all the problems related to cybersecurity as well in it
0: great looking forward to read it
1: Cyber danger, that's the name.
0: (laughs) Cyber danger, yeah, yeah, cyber danger. Eddie Williams, thanks for being with us. Thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you.